There is no phone ringing, damn it! What the hell are you talking about? You know what the hell she's talking about? Now, what in hell am I going to tell this boy Shaver's parents? That a substitute nurse assassinated him because she couldn't tell the doctors from the patients on the floor? My God! Okay. You let a woman beat ya. You little tiny nothing. Why did you move closer to me? Closer to Don't, you. Bob. Uh-uh. His name was Jeremiah Johnson. Norma Ray has been working since she was 16. And Jeff Goldblum is the psycho freak who's everywhere the action is. That's outrageous! You try one more goddamn stunt and I'll light up the fucking sky! I'd rather die running than be left here alone. Okay, but remember, serpentine! Absolutely. What a guy. You can fuck the lilies and the roses too. A decade under the influence. No rules, no limits. No wonder these filmmakers changed our world. I have nothing to say to you. No. Jeremiah Johnson, uh, wrap up, take one. Hello and welcome. Cut. You don't have your filter. Jeremiah Johnson. Oh, we already went through this. Don't Jeremiah do Johnson, wrap up, <laughs> take two. <laughs> uh, hello and welcome. I don't have the filter on my microphone because I'm going rogue and I want to sound more fucking edgy and of the people. Yeah, it's just all No, peaks. I didn't want to hit my glasses it's on all it. And this is gonna... You're just all red right now. <laughs> I am. Yeah, I know. That's what but I'm it telling. doesn't fucking change. It's re- not saying anything, and it's red. You little butthole. No, 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 no. You're just you're not seeing it right. This is intriguing radio, I'm sure. <laughs> well, you know they get the good stuff. Yeah, you, we pull the curtain back way too far. <laughs> not way too far. It's time to do what we do, and that's why we're doing it because that's... it's about time. It's about time, and we're gonna eat crackers loudly. Yep. Open bags. Um, you just watched Jeremiah Johnson if you watched the the whole watch through with us, and I hope you enjoyed it. It was a super I like to think movie. that you rode your bike or sat in your car or laid on your bed with your arms behind your head. Oh, having a headphone moment? And just pondered what your fellow uh, film fans were saying. You are film friends, and we're your film friends. <laughs> so reach out to us, you douchebags. <laughs> we are your friends. Oh, that's funny. What'd you think of Johnson? What's up, Johnson? What's up, Johnson? Victor, do you want to like, so this is your first time through? Initial thoughts? She thinks that we were, they think that we were too loud um, during the whole film. Uh, it was all right. It was, um, you know, how Western. <laughs> um, I, you know, it's not, it's not exactly my favorite subject matter and whatnot. But I, I, I do feel like it was, it was interesting how they did it, and um, you know, a bit more. Realistic, kind of like the McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Did I get that right? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Um, <laughs> yes. I, Warren Beatty. I mean, you know, I was like a bit like, oh, God, all of this, like, you know, killing of indigenous people is fucking cringy, but it turns out the real story that it was based on was even cringier. So I guess I'm <laughs> glad that they. 
dialed it back in. But at the same time, I, I don't know. I just, I didn't really like that he was supposed to be considered like a, a sympathetic character because he's, he's just objectively not. But, um, when did you read the real story? Well, in that, that in the reflections of Jeremiah Johnson. Yeah, the interview the, that we were just watching of the. He was just talking director, about the screenplay, not not the story that it was based on. He was talking about the screenplay. Where he was talking about how they were like eating Fighting people's livers, yeah, livers that, and that's, stuff. That's the screenplay that the guy wrote. That's, oh, that it. wasn't from the the real life guy. No, that was because um, the real life one was written by those two people. That were around then or whatever. And the John Milieu, who wrote all these other screenplays that I mentioned. And don't remember. I could get my, my thing out. So, yeah. Okay. I guess I maybe wasn't paying enough attention to that. But, um, yeah, it was just kind of... I mean, it's like really... Like, I, I wish that there would have been more sympathy to to Native folks and, like... You know, like the especially the the women's experiences of what was going on in the film, like, um, you know, we didn't really get translation from them or you know anything that would humanize them. They were just sort of props in the film for the guy. And like, no, I desperately wanted that too. I agree with that. Um, it just made it, it just made it a little difficult to care about the movie because I didn't find the main character especially sympathetic um but it would you know it was it was entertaining it was you know kind of it's a product of its time for sure so you know <laughs> I'm grateful for it I think there, we have like... better movies I feel we have better movies because of this movie and I think the bar is so low but it's still would count as the best Western and you have a director going out of his way to make it more real and to actually use indigenous people, which truckloads and boatloads of people before them did not. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely appreciated that for sure. And so you're looking at that and we, we rise because people like this did things like that. And I find him relatable and wonderful. I mean, you know, wonderful. Oh fuck. Yeah. I love Johnson. (laughs) If it wasn't Robert Redford, it probably would be a lot different. If it wasn't somebody that I'm just like... If it wasn't someone dreaming. You could read the phone book, and I would like that, too. I think he's great. I mean, he is a, he's an, he's, he's he's a good not, actor. He's not gross, you know, like a lot of movies. You know, he doesn't want to get married. He, it was an accident. And he takes on the kid. It's like Walter Matthau. Right. I see in a sea of shitty coaches, I see him like, you know, he, he puts the, the you know, what I can't remember her name. She yeah. wanted I mean, it, thing it for, could be No, 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 not, no. I'm sure. thinking of the, her name in Bad News Bears. Oh. Tatum O'Neill. <laughs> but I, whatever her name was in the movie, too. But yeah. I really enjoyed that, like, you know, he he took care of the kid, and, like, he just wanted to be a mountain man. I continually see him doing, see him doing the right thing, except when he took the Goes soldiers. To the graveyard, yeah. But I feel like he was more than pushed into that. They were buttholes. Yeah, but he also goes back through it, which is like... But the guy just wanted to write a violent screenplay. I don't think it's, it's fair at all to say that that's, that was the actual life. 
And right. neither, none of the three of us have read that book. And I want to, but I also don't want to. Cause right, because like maybe it'll before, fuck it up. Well, no, no, well, they'll fuck it. I mean, maybe, but I mean, just when you read any of that stuff, like the books that Little House on the Prairie is based upon, it's just... The, when you write about people from back then, it's going to be fucking horrible. Right, and through a really yeah. specific lens through the time period. And I think that's actually one of the interesting things about this film is that, like... All the points that you're saying are right, but I think even as a Western, it breaks a mold a little bit. And I mean, it takes a, a a different view of things than a lot of the other Westerns that yeah. we've watched. Yeah, so you haven't watched a lot of res- Westerns. And I see this as way less... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they're not good. Generally- no, I know, but I see this, and I had, just growing up, watched so much of them. And, I, and this was like, uh, again, we keep going over this, the more 70s movies we watched mm-hmm. that as my journey as a human being, this is a light at the end of the tunnel for like a thousand million racist Westerns, you know, with the cowboys and Indians. And it was just fucking horrible. And this film, you know, dares to say like, let's treat these people with respect and and honor their traditions. And like, it was just kind of, except for we're not more so than anything I had seen them by, you know, translating what they're saying everything is filtered through the white people like and through you know white people's motivations intentions desires like it we're not really treated to them right as as individuals who are i'm not saying i'm saying more so than had ever been done before and And i I appreciate that part of that which is sad (laughs) yeah it's sad but if you have something like this that's why the bar gets moved forward Right, but I think part of that also is like the 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 view the the lens we're seeing this movie through is through Jeremiah Johnson. Now, I totally agree what you're saying about translation and all that. But me too. Here, here, here's where I'll take a. I mentioned a, a it. Listen to our right? podcast. I was the first to mention it. Is that they <laughs> don't uh, because they're trying to give give us his experience by not translating it. It puts us in the same position that he's in. By not knowing like oh, you're so what's being saying around. Well, I mean, I don't mean to like. No, it's great. But, it's like, fine. It's, it's a perspective that the, that I think that the director is trying to give. Like you're new in the area, you don't know what you're doing. You have like um like a, a vision in your head of what it's going to be like. I need this yeah. this specific I mean, gun I, to make I it. I thought <laughs> that I thought that too, but then there was all those scenes where he was speaking. The languages with people. Yeah, that's and true. He was understanding, but the audience was not made privy to that. Even though it was supposed to show us that he had built this relationship with these people, but yeah. we're not allowed to see those people as people. Right, and that's the point where it should have switched. Right, there should have been translation at that point. Yeah. If that's the point of what what they were going yeah, for, at least subtitles. Like I get they want to show always learning the language, but like give us subtitles right. that translate what learning they're as they go. But they made the decision to have them be real things and to hire you know actual indigenous people, yeah, which absolutely. hadn't really been done. Which is yeah, fairly massive at that point. Also, for it to be shot outside is so ambitious. Yeah. I think now, as we were watching it, I was like, it's the Blu-ray people. I mean, the director's long dead. You know, I mean, uh, what's his name? Dreamy Eyes is still, not just his eyes, all of him is dreamy. <laughs> uh, Redford's still alive, but um, the Blu-ray people. I mean, if it's listed, like I said, on IMDb as a real language, you know, that they're actually speaking the language and it can be translated, just do it. 
Yeah, yeah but which like, means I'd have to buy another. <laughs> but it seems like that should be original cut. Like that should be yeah. laid in not as a subtitle, but as like an original piece of the film. Because as a filmmaker, I, know, I want wasn't. you to have it. Yeah, no, I know, I know, and that's that's. I, I, I'm just saying you could do it now. Let's do it because it can be done if they're speaking a real language. Yeah, no, totally. Let's get it in there. Um, I mean, some of it get, gets translated by, by Dell and stuff, who mm-hmm. translates it bad. And also Bear Claw. Delicious Donut. Delicious Donut. Delicious Demon. Who is that? Oh, it was it's the Sugar Cubes. It was interesting to see them, like, how they, they put together the shots. You know, we watched the, the, the saga of Jeremiah Johnson, which was like a 10, 11 minute short. It's a good one because it's one that was, like, it. made then. It was neat. It was fun. Yeah, but it shows, like, all, all of, like,. Uh, the stages that they had to build to roll the cameras across as it's still all snowy and shitty and terrible outside, mm-hmm. but to get these flat, good shots in these spaces, uh, it just creates all these problems. And then, you know, you, you had brought up that, you know, the, a lot of these shots had to be taken like first shot, you know, first take because yeah, you've already find fucked a up different the snow. way to do it. Yeah. You've already like put tracks in it. You've already done these things. So it's like, well, Try, you know, we can shoot again tomorrow maybe if it snows a bunch more or, you know, it just creates all these problems. Yeah. I mean, I had seen this since I was young and this is like part of my journey as, you know, coming away from the horrible conditioning that I got as a child. So this, this movie stands as a beacon for part of that. Yeah. Might not like Johnson, but there's there's worse and but I, I, I do and this think... is the road to being better yeah and, I, and, I, and they and try I, to and make it thoughtful and it's just anytime it snows <laughs> i just i just and i own this i just want to put on johnson <laughs> i i just i find it to be a beautiful movie and i love him yeah. and i love uh, you know all the people in it it's nice to get these Blu-rays where but, they really take the film and yeah. make it beautiful again. We can write a better movie. Let's do that. <laughs> Jeremiah Johnson 2. We're going to write the, the sequel. Uh, we'll just write you know, Swan Song or Swan Story from like, their yeah, point of view. Yeah, there you go. I'm fine with that. Call it Swan Song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you it, know, would, it not... really would be super interesting, I think, from... From the indigenous, this whole story from the yeah. indigenous perspective. But oh you weren't going to get God. That would be amazing. That <laughs> made back then. It's the same thing with Star Trek. It was like they just they wouldn't have allowed it to been made. And even now, you know, it's oh yeah. There's still one man has the answer. One man has the key. It's still focused. It has to be whatever cool shit you get. It has to be filtered through a white dude. Yeah. I will bring it to you. You know. <laughs> Brad right, Pitt is like, the Mexican, you know. Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise is the last samurai. samurai. Right. Or like That's yeah, new or shit. Or like Avatar where like, you know, the white guy comes in How brand dare new you say anything a, negative about him. Brand new into a culture and suddenly can do everything about that culture better than the people who are indigenous to it. Oh, but his trauma had Because he's him just there. awesome. Yeah, I didn't like any awesome I liked, white dude. I like thought I thought Sigourney Weaver was cool <laughs> in that and but it's like it's not, that's not the first and certainly not the oh, last. No, it's just no. like it was just so glaring that people use it as the example of that. Trope. I just when I was watching <laughs> Avatar in the theater, I remember being like, "Oh, starting to kind of get a little aroused." That sex scene, there was something about it when they like plug their tails into each other. Or something. I was like, I did not expect to be aroused at all, and I was like, "Oh, oh!" I just, I just found a kink that I didn't. 
<laughs> a, a blue plug your tail into electric sex. Whoa. Okay, real side note here. Uh, you I, jacked off in the theater when you saw Avatar. I knew he did that. That is not where I was going. <laughs> I'm not jacking off. Remember, I was very me. specific. I was like, are you beating off in the theater? Yeah, you did do that to me once in the theater. You start clapping your hand. Oh, who's who's beating more off than in once. Here? Yeah, no, I know. And then uh, get quiet while some some person goes up to you. So hey, recently, I helped, a, I helped a client who lives in one of the foster uh, homes, that, mm-hmm. or excuse me, one of the group homes that I uh, I look after, purchase a Avatar uh, sex doll. Stop! You did not. <laughs> I did. You did not. So we had Folks, so they're making many it up for the podcast meetings about this. Wait, what? Fucking sex doll too, because like the people who run the, the place didn't want the guy using his money to buy the sex doll, and I was like, I don't care. Like it's his money. You can't stop him. You can't fucking tell him how to spend his money. And we had this conversation so many times. The fucking all these emails. R e r e r e r e r e avatar sex toy. Yeah, and that's on my work uh, computer somewhere where I got sent all these links for sex dolls that I had to look up prices for. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then you have to like be like, well, I see this is the one you selected. Did you select like what options for for the sex doll? Did you choose like did you get the larger breast? Did you get the custom hair? <laughs> did you get the, the this this pussy or this pussy? It was like, oh my god. <laughs> so you're saying sex. if hypothetically someone else wanted an avatar sex doll <laughs> that you could steer and gently, lovingly guide them, guilt free, judgment free. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the answer is yes, and oh, no. also bring your bills. Shit was like twenty five hundred. Well, there's somebody that can make me a budget. You can make me a budget <laughs> avatar <laughs> sex doll using marshmallows and blue food coloring and some saran wrap <laughs> with a pocket pussy in the middle. Yeah, Thank there's, you. There's a, a flashlight shoved into this thing. <laughs> You're like, you yeah, it's not going to cost you 2500 It's yeah. going to cost you 25 Yeah, and, and you will wish you'll spend Dolores. <laughs> the social work is amazing sometimes. Right? <laughs> I just remember being frustrated at some point and being like, this is like our sixth meeting on the stupid sex doll. Just buy the fucking sex doll. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, did they get the sex doll? Yeah. Awesome. Bought and paid for he has he has rules about it being clothed in public spaces though, which I think is a good compromise. <laughs> what else you got about Johnson? We might be be done here. Yeah, I don't think I've got a ton more uh, to say about. I do. I do. I, I said it before, but I do want to say it again. Shooting it outside is is a, is really cool. Getting to see like all of, all those outside sites of Utah like that. I guess I'm gonna have to read beautiful. this book to figure out. Yeah. what's real I like how a lot of the scenes were real and that there was really this this woman who that horrible thing had happened to and they you know whatever went into whatever right you know um, PTSD trauma induced and that you know uh, that was a real story and that was a real person and that they would leave her food and stuff people mm-hmm. would go by and leave food and not do horrible things, you know, at least it's well, as not far like, as we know, <laughs> as far as we know. But yeah, I'd like to read it. But most of the stuff that you read from that time period is probably going to be gross. So 
Right. I'm a little nervous. Because if it's a completely fiction and they're they're saying it's not, but to prove that, I guess I would have to read it. I mean, I trust that it's not, but I'll read it. But if if it if it's worse, then you know, don't make westerns anymore, and <laughs> <laughs> we've made enough. Or just make mm-hmm. one more that's completely you know unwatchable because of how horrible pe- horrible people were back then. You know, I don't know. Or you know, because it does a disservice if it's not some true. Stories that were written from indigenous perspectives, like that's yeah, oh, know, that would still be very, horrible about like, how horrible they were treated. Trigger warning: Don't watch this. Sure, <laughs> but also like you know, there were they also had good moments in their lives, and you know, were like Absolutely. whole people that it, it had things going on with them that weren't the you know, imperialistic horrors. Yeah. I just, somebody would cry. Mm. You're doing a disservice to the story if you don't include that, but... eh. Sure, but, you know, like, we also don't get to see a lot of that. We get to see the tragedy, and we only get to see the tragedy through, you know, the eyes of, like, the white people's perspectives... Yeah. And then we don't get to see, like, rich representations of, like, you know, the whole lives of, like, indigenous people. I want more of it. Do these. better, people. Yeah, we're down to see that film. We're, we're, we're waiting. We're waiting to pay our money. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he's also kind of, like, agnostic or atheist. He's just, I like the concept of a person that is just had enough, and takes the fuck off into the woods. Right. Or into the mountains, excuse me. It's not, <laughs> He's not a woodsman. He's a mountain man. He's a mountain man. If it had just been, you know, from an indigenous person's point of view, I would like it just as much, if not more. But just the concept of somebody, like, getting away from it all, it's almost, I would almost list it as another punk rock movie. I think mm-hmm. I kind of, I like his choice, and I like that he wants... Nothing. He asked him, like, you know, um, did I miss another war? And that's another mountain man's perspective, and I think that's cute. Just, they don't even know what month it is. It's like, did I right. miss another war? He's like, you don't miss nothing. Like, he's got a chip on his shoulder. We don't know what it is. Right. But also that he wears his scars everywhere. Like, I think he's still wearing those st- same stupid pants at the end of the film. Yeah. You know, he's, he's like... Going, he's Han Solo, in a way. Yeah. He's always wearing his whatever, whatever... Carillion guard or it's <laughs> <laughs> just like I fucked or like this this part of me got fucked up and I I don't ever think I can break free from it yeah which is why I'm out here just trying to like accept myself or whatever yeah I did that when I was in my first emo band called Tearjerker I wore my military school pants hmm. when I played the shows it's worked back out of it huh yeah. I think, um, I don't remember what happened. I like made them into cutoffs later and they look so dumb that I just had, <laughs> had to be like, I'm done with these pants, you know. <laughs> Sometimes there's just not enough material to, to move on. You can make Daisy Dukes or you've got nothing left. <laughs> and not all pants look good in Daisy Dukes. Don't they? Well, it was funny because the people that didn't know that they were military school pants was like, why are you wearing mailman pants? <laughs> basically the same. <laughs> Because I've got a special delivery of pain for you. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you a story about pain. That was my special delivery of pain. 
Oh my goodness. Well, let's do a little housekeeping then, and maybe then we score. You didn't rate it. You, you want to score it. first and then do it? Okay. I can't um, remember if I gave it a 9 or a 10. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8. Thumbs up. What's up, Where, where, where are you going to land? What? I'm excited. 9 or 10. I mean, uh, do your housekeeping while I look it up. I was just listening to Women at Warp podcast today. I listen every every other week. They do it bi-weekly. And they're not on the Roddenberry Network. And they didn't include any of the drama. I just had so many questions. What? It's just funny about podcasts. So there's like, you know, they, they leave it out, which is fine, good. <laughs> but they're just not on the Roddenberry Network. They're like going on. And I'm like, were they asked to leave? Did they want to leave? Oh, because they used leave? to be. Yeah, they used to be on the Roddenberry Network. Oh, drama. Which was um, Rod Roddenberry, which is Gene Roddenberry's son. Rod and Todd Roddenberry. And then they're not anymore. And, it's, and I, I feel like they were getting less and less promotion. So I'm just, I'm curious if there's a story back there, but whatever. That's just me being a sensationalist a little bit. Sometimes <laughs> we want to know. Give us the, the, the juicy gossip. Right? Pull back the curtain. We want to know. Uh, and if you want to know something from us... Ha <laughs> 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 Welcome to Segway! <laughs> you can get a hold of us on Facebook if you uh, look up A Decade Under the Influence. You can find us at uh, on Instagram if you do the same. <laughs> and then you can find us on Twitter as well if you look up at A Decade Under the One. The number one, that is. You'll find us and you can talk crap to us and, and ask us about the drama that you hear between us on the show. We probably won't tell you shit, though. I Maybe we will. Maybe. It depends. Maybe we won't. Uh, but you can't. You I gave it a 10. It. Ooh. And it gets a 7.6. I was totally not surprised to find out you gave it a 10. <laughs> totally not surprised. Um, I wish I owned the laser disc of this, and I don't. Uh, look for our review of the Electric Horseman coming, because that was another uh, Sydney. I still want to say Jackson Pollock. It's another Sydney Pollock film, and uh, you know they're both in it. He directed it, and Redford's in it. So that's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Also, parts of it filmed in Utah. I like working with you as an actor, and I like filming in Utah. <laughs> Maybe we could do casinos this time. Casinos? Mmm. Mmm. All right. You ready? Yes. Goodbye and thank you, everybody. I have something to say. <laughs>